another episode of Mets Mafia. It's CJ Owens here along with Brian and Greg. Uh, we're excited to get into another episode, episode three for our uh, podcast right now. And, uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a tough go of sorts. We've had a lot of games canceled and such, uh, a couple postponements. So we got a lot to talk about. We're going to get the episode. I'm going to hand it right over to Connie and he's going to uh, introduce himself and tell you how he's feeling this week. Yeah, what's up, guys? Rough first week. We had a lot of postponements. I mean, you kind of just want to sit down and watch Mets baseball, and you can't do that, whether it's the weather or COVID, so it sucks. And we've got to watch them play. It hasn't been too good. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking uh, Mets baseball. I'll hand it over to Greg. Not a great week, boys, but, you know, we got a lot lot more ahead of us. This is uh, it's getting tough, but like I said, long season. Once we get April, get through April, May, we'll be in the summer, and the Mets will come alive. So long season. Yeah, both the men alluded to it. It's been uh, it's been a tough start, like with the postponements and the tough losses. You know, it's been uh, not easy to watch. Not much baseball going on. So we're gonna just recap the uh, the couple games that we did have, and then we're gonna preview the series that starts smart with that doubleheader. Um, we're excited for that against the Phillies, who have been hot. So it'll be good to see um, the Mets go out and get a second round against the Phillies already in this early season, and just see what's going on. Um, so I'll let Cunny start with the uh, just go games and how it started so what do you got there kind of your recap for the first series we had yeah i mean let's start with opening day i mean i thought the ground looked nasty thought we all expected that and he showed up and just when it came down to it the offense didn't hit in that opener i mean it sucked to see the grom lose to trying to think it was matt moore right that was their number four starting that day so it sucked to see us drop a game like that in that situation that's in trouble but Maurice is there, man. If guys, if there's one guy that's shown he's ready to go already, it's Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, I think like Honey said, the pitching's been pretty much there. We're getting all the starters' performances there. The offense is just lacking big time. I mean, I'm looking at the box scores right now. There's just barely any multi-hit performances. Like, no one's coming up in a big spot at all. Our guy Conforto keeps getting up guys on. Big slump he's in right now. Easy, easy fix. Just drop him lower in the order or something like that going forward. But Someone's going to have to step up and start getting a hit. I, I believe we'll have the middle of – I mean, Pete had a big home run when they were up big. Uh, Lindor's getting a couple knocks. He's going to be Lindor, so we, we just have to wait on it. So it's going to take time, but eventually the bat's got to get hot because we're getting too good of starting pitching performances. I mean, Jake, Stroman, uh, DeGrom twice, I should say, and Walker on his first start too. Yeah, no, I agree. Those are good points. The bats are definitely cold. Um, Conforto, he's been struggling. Um, so that's been tough. Uh, yeah, like you said, it just the DeGrom has pitched well. Um, Walker pitched well. Um, honestly, one of the big things I thought from that series, uh, just from like the Philly side, that Brogdon dude, he got two wins in that series. He, he was pretty nasty. He kind of shoved it uh, up ours for most of that time being there. So, uh, he looked pretty good. Our bullpen has not looked great. I know Bittance is already with the DFA and such. Um, or no, he's not DFA, and I apologize. He's in the aisle with the shoulder and pitchment, which usually comes right before the DFA. But hopefully he gets better soon. It can be something because he didn't show much. But, yeah, the team is definitely some concern so far. So, uh, You're yeah, but, uh, DFA right now. <laughs> he doesn't look like himself at all, Bittance. He looks terrible. Yeah, he looks real bad, man. Like, uh, his velocity is way down. And, uh, I mean, Gary, Keith, and Ryan, you know, they're the best in the booth. And they just 
they were alluding to it too. They just said that uh, his fastball velocity is not there. His command is just not there. He just doesn't throw enough strikes at the velocity he's throwing at to get enough out. So there's really not a spot for him. Um, so we'll see moving forward. That bullpen definitely needs some help. Um, the timely hitting, like we saw last year, just hasn't been there too. I think that's been the biggest uh, theme in the first three games. We left a lot of runners on base, which has been terrible. So um, Nimmo's just been on fire, and that's basically been it. So. Yeah, game one, it came down to it was bullpen against bullpen, and the Mets lost. I mean, I like Trevor May. I like how – so, like, follow him on Twitter. He was telling people how, guess what, like, he doesn't like getting the job done. Like, here, that's already a fact. I like what he's about, so I trust him to bounce back. But the Mets bullpen is thin. I think that's going to be the problem. We've already seen that in that first series. We saw how thin it was. and No, yeah, I think the bullpen has been thin, but even, like, I feel like we are kind of putting – too much blame on them. Like we look at the box scores, like we lost that first game five three in the second score against the Phillies eight four, but we won eight four, then lost eight two, then we won three two, lost three nothing. Like we haven't scored more than five runs, so we're not making it easy for those bullpen guys out there. The bats definitely need to get together. There's too much talent in that lineup, really. Um, to be honest, like you look, like Greg was saying, you look at some of those box scores, some of those batting averages right now. Granted, it's been a handful of games, but they're they're future. They're real bad down there, so. Uh, the guys just need to get get it together. I know it's early in the season, but uh, yeah, the bats definitely haven't looked too good so far. Yeah, exactly what CJ said. It's a little bit of the bats and a little bit about uh, of the bullpen. It's not entirely one, but we need to address both. With the offense, we just need to address them and hold them more accountable. And we got to have that more from a leadership perspective. And that starts with Rojas. With the bullpen, I think that just starts with acquisitions. And we got to start looking for someone or making a move, bringing somebody up who's going to maybe give us something new up there. So. Again, we're one week. We're seeing our weaknesses, and we just got to attack going forward. But uh, I don't know. I think there's a couple good relievers that are still available in free agency that I'd love to see them go and going at, like Jeffress or Shane Green or I think David Robertson. Why not go t- take a chance on one of those guys and bring in a Vetti? Yeah, I'm going to jump in right there just because I think you made a good point about uh, Rojas. And I think, uh, honestly, like uh, he's getting a lot of heat right now on Twitter from the media and such like that. Um, but it honestly started from game one. I mean, he pulled the Grom with what he had seventy some pitches, eighty something yeah. pitches there. Um, that's brutal, man. I mean, like I don't know what the thought process is there. I know he didn't throw. Um, like his throwing days were weird because the game got pushed back because the Nationals had COVID and such. But that was a real head scratcher there, man. Like that was the first one of I think it's been like a couple so far this season when you're just sitting there, you're like, what? What is Rojas thinking there? So I mean, I know we have. Some questions, and I know uh, the media is definitely not letting him live any of those decisions down. So, Connie, I know you have some things to say about that. Yeah, while we're on the topic of game one in Rojas, how about the fact that he didn't have Dom Smith in the lineup opening day? I mean, I was pretty upset about that. I feel like he earned that from last year and just throughout his Mets tenure. I mean, that guy's got to be starting in left field on opening day. Pilar started leadoff. I mean, I do like him playing against lefties, but opening day, you play your guys. Connie, I couldn't agree more. That was that. That day one lineup was ridiculous. Like, I know we're facing a lefty, and I understand, you know, nowadays everyone wants to go for lefty-ready matchups and everything, but how do you go all season, all preseason, saying Brandon Nimmo's the leadoff hitter? You guys know I'm not a fan of it, but he was the plan is to make him the leadoff hitter, make him the center fielder, go all spring training, and then they don't do that on day one. I get it's a lefty, but I even I thought he should have been batting one playing center field, and he should have rode with what the lineup should have been. Dom Smith had to be in that lineup playing left field like that you you got to run with your best guys and that already kind of was like all right whatever 
it was a weird thing I didn't like, but as the days went on, I continued seeing lineups I did not like. And I, I personally, you guys know how I feel about McNeil and I want him hitting higher, but I don't like him hitting seven for a lick. That's terrible. A guy like him hitting down there is really bad. We need him hitting way higher. And it, I don't know. I'm just not happy with the way he's managing the bullpen at times, but I'm starting to see. And I personally think if this lineup needs to be turned around, he needs to hold them more accountable. A guy like Terry Collins, do you think he ever would have been standing for this shit? He's barking at the boys nonstop. He's not telling them it's going to be all right. We're going to find hits. He's holding them accountable and they're going to answer to it. So I need to see a little more. From yeah. And CJ, going back to what you're saying about the bullpen too, that was a good point. I mean, not only is it opening day, but it's also these are divisional games that we've been playing so far. Like if the Grom is at seventy six pitches, I mean, they're like I know in his post game uh, presser, he was saying how Degrom was giving him like something that he said rubbed, rubbed him the wrong way, and he didn't want him to go out there. We don't know that behind the scenes stuff, but I mean, I kind of find that hard to believe. Opening day, Jacob Degrom seventy six pitches, he was looking lights out. But if that's the case, then so be it. But he makes questionable moves at time for sure, but it's early. We'll give him time. We'll see. We'll see what the bullpen does for him too. Because in his defense, they didn't back him up either. Like we thought, Castro, May, and Diaz could win us that game, and they failed. Yeah, no. Honestly, you're right. It's like it, the manager only looks as good as the players can make him really. So if they're not playing well, then it uh, reflects poorly on the manager as well. But I thought Greg uh, brought up a good point there. Um, talking about the lineup in the first game, yeah, I mean, I just don't, it's hard for me to just really get behind when you hit, like, your seventh or eighth because he's a right-hander and, I guess, fast. I mean, I, I really don't know yeah. what he was Doesn't sitting there. Sense. Yeah, yeah, that was brutal with Pilar. Pilar's usually your um, seventh, eighth best hitter, and he came up in a couple of big spots in that game, and he did not come through. I feel like Rojas kind of uh, learned his lesson there because we haven't seen that again. I know the season's early so far, but uh, not to toot my own horn, but I did have that lineup right for game two, which probably would have been the opening day lineup because we would have had a righty. And then I also had Don Smith with the first home run. So look at that there. You know what I mean? If Luis listened to me some more, maybe we'd be waiting for more games. Flims on to something. <laughs> no, but yeah, those first three games, I mean, it's tough to lose two out of three of the Phillies. I absolutely dread the Phillies. But any of those interleagues, like like you guys were saying, those interdivision opponents, it's just brutal to lose games like that. And then we move into that series with the Marlins, and you know, those are games that you don't, you just want to win, that you feel like you should win. You know, that uh, we won that first game, then to lose that the Grom, the second the Grom star is a heartbreaker. Nobody wakes up. Um, and for Trevor Rogers to go out there and do that, to this, uh, it's like, come on, like when when are the hits going to come? Hopefully soon, man. Game one, though. I mean, game one was – that was a good game. I mean, uh, McNeil stepped up. That was a clutch homer. His bat flip was electric. And then we had a key double from Nimmo there, too, in the uh, bottom half. And then we all know how it ended. The Conforto hit by pitch. I mean, I don't care. I loved it. I'll let you guys talk about it. Yeah, I mean, a win's a win, so I'll take it. I mean, I definitely think he did lead into it. It's pretty obvious. That pitch was a strike. Oh, yeah. A strike to start it. I mean – what are you going to do? I'll take a win any way we can. You can see these umpires don't have a clue right now with also what happened in the Braves-Phillies game the other night. So, I mean, McNeil's home run, you guys know that had me fired up. I, that was huge. He stepped up when he needed to. He'd been hitting the ball hard. He finally found one. It was in a big spot, and then we got the win. But then the game on Saturday was just brutal. The ground tied his career high in Ks. He's out here throwing 
same thing he did on on Monday, but on Tuesday, but they let him fucking go the whole time and they just didn't even do a thing. So that's unacceptable. When you have the ace best pitcher in the league on the bump, you have to put up. It's just embarrassing. We can't become this laughing stock meme that we can't put up for DeGrom. We got to answer his next start and we got to put up runs and we got to do it all year now. Like they can't do that again. Yeah, like you said, that first that Jeff McNeil home run was definitely electric. He has been hitting the ball awfully hard, so it was good to see him finally get that knock. Nimmo's been hot, um, so that was good to see as well. And then um, I know the three of us as college baseball players, we know if you get hit by a pitch like that in college baseball, you're staying right in that box. <laughs> ripping that mask off and he's staying right here, son. That pitch is a strike. So, I mean, like, it doesn't work like that will be. Like I said, I feel like we've been – short end of the stick in the last couple of years and um on uh bad calls so it's good to get one every once in a while so i'm not going to complain about a win good win good team win um but yeah that next day it's just tough man when the ground goes out and throws like that like our stats it's him on the mound his era is like two low twos 2.04 something like that very low twos and we still have a losing record with him on the mound so that's just unacceptable i feel like the guy just gets he gets banged every time he go out there. He pitches well and just gets no support. So hopefully uh, this lineup can turn around and get it going for him soon. The sad thing is whenever he pitches, he's been hitting too. Like it's actually insane how this guy, he can't do anything more. He is lights out and he's the best athlete on the field. And it's obvious. And the Mets still find a way to lose when he starts. It's my, yeah. it's mind boggling. Yeah, the first hit of the season for us, and he had a ruby at it. Like, and he had another one hit the next game. The guy just does it all. If you guys want to hear crazy that I saw today on Twitter that uh, Michael Conforto and Jacob DeGrom have the same amount of hits. Oh, yeah. I've, I've unfortunately seen that a couple times. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think uh, Conforto is alone. Nah, he's going to be hitting five or six. Now I think they're dropping him down there. I think they're Sunday picking on Conforto. I don't think he's even alone. You got Lindor with three hits too. McCann with no, three no. hits. The, the difference is though in their at bats is like Conforto is going down looking, bro, and a lot of at bat and like in key spots and like just two, his approaches are, are just different. At least the other guys look terrible taking gigantic home run swings that they just have to tone down a little. Conforto is not even swinging, bro. He's just not in the rhythm. He needs to see easier pitches, hitting comfortable spots, and. Just get loose again. It's early in the year. I mean, he's a streaky guy. Let him just sit in the bottom after. It's actually kind of going to help our lineup, uh, I guess, issue a little bit with him struggling because he'll be hitting five or six with everyone else getting their one through five spots. So. Yeah, I mean, he's been striking yeah, I mean, out a lot. Yeah, he's come up in some couple big spots. Um, guys on third with less than two outs striking out. Like, that can't happen. Like, that, I, believe, I think that happened uh, multiple times since the Grom start or – um, in the game before that, but yeah, he's come up in some big, uh, big spots, and he's just not falling through. So like you guys said, he'll move down the lineup. Um, but I'm not really worried. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, as New Yorkers, uh, we probably know uh, Mark Teixeira, the Yankee. Uh, he always had historically terrible Aprils, always turned it around. So it's just one month this season. It's been not even one month. It's been seven to six games, handful of games. So uh, we're not worried about that. He'll turn it around soon. He's a professional hitter. Um, but I think that's a good segue uh, into our next year. We've got the Phillies for four uh, with a doubleheader tomorrow. Um, it's good to see Stroman back on the bump after that. Uh, I don't even know what to describe that six-minute uh, on-field display was when the rain came down. Like, how does that even happen? Like, there's so many questions to be asked there. Yeah, poor. So, yeah, we'll get into that. We'll do the Colorado series as well. Um, 
But yeah, I'll let Greg start into that. He wants to talk about the rain and uh, Stroman out there. We all yeah. love Stro, so I, I don't blame I don't blame Stro for taking his time and doing what he was doing anyway. They clearly should never have been out there in the first place. I mean, yeah, he was milking it a little bit and everything, but none of them should have been on that field. And he wasted his start. He even said in his tweet after a lot of people weren't happy about his tweet. I think some people were trying to spin it the wrong way. I didn't have a problem with it. I think he's right with everything he said. Like now we were supposed to have to wait. But I did, but you know, he saw that we're getting him two days later, so it's not the end of the world. So tomorrow, double header, we got him and Walker, he said, on the bump. So they both showed well in their last. So I expect to see some more good starting pitching and it's all on the offense tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. I think that um that I feel like that game gonna rain out as soon as they started that game and they put Stroman out there and then they delayed it. Um I was very worried because uh, any delay longer than a half hour, 40 minutes, you know, he's not going back out there. And then our bullpen, was, if that game restarted, our bullpen would have been in shambles. Like he didn't, I don't think he got an out, so there are, or one out, so our bullpen would have had to get eight or nine innings worth of outs there. So our bullpen would have been um, in shambles for a month. So that's good to see that that game uh, shouldn't have been played. So it's good to see they delayed it and make them go back out there. Two um, rain delays back back days hurts, but it's good to see that Stroman's going to um, break his routine and throw tomorrow, even uh, though he doesn't have to. But he won't lose a start for the year. That's good. So it's good to see him step up and do that. Um, I know some people are questioning what he said, like you said on Twitter, but uh, I think he's doing the right thing. And uh, he had every right to be a little upset about that. What do you think, Cunning? Yeah, 100%. Everyone likes to pick on Strowman. I don't know why. I mean, this guy's he's LI native. He brings good energy, and his first start, he looked pretty good. I'm excited to watch him pitch again tomorrow. I was pissed, too, that, that I thought that was going to cost him a start because Stroman's going to go out there. It looks like he's going to keep us in games, and if he pitches well, he could say whatever he wants. I mean, he had a right to be upset. My door was literally standing in a puddle, and I know even if I was like the Marlins as a hitter, I wouldn't want to hit in that either. So I think that's just what had to be done, and it worked. They called the game, so. Cunning, we've hidden that and worse before, so we know how bad that could be. <laughs> yeah, occasionally you get those snow games in the MLB, right? Very occasionally. Miggy went yard in the first snow game of the year. That was awesome. Yeah, that was sick. Good shot from the Triple Crown winner there, Miggy. That was a sick uh, sick shot they got there, him going yard off Shane Bieber on opening day. Yeah, now today's postponed too because of the rain. All these postponements, man, we're going to have to really uh, – We're going to depend on the pitching. Man. Yeah, I know. We're just all just really missing out, and it's, it's tough to see. But we got those two games tomorrow. We got Walker versus uh, Chase Anderson and Stroman versus Nola. So those will be two games. I think that uh, that late game is going to be on ESPN. So that will probably be blacked out for us. We'll watch it on SNY anyway. So we don't have to see that terrible ESPN crew. But then we got Peterson versus our old, uh, our old friend Zach Wheeler and uh, DeGrom versus Eifland. Uh, uh, Close that series out Thursday, 12-10 start for that last game of the series. So that will be an early one. Um, be sure to tune in. But, uh, yeah, four games against the Phillies, and I'm, I'm excited to see the team go after it. So what do you guys think? So what, do we have six games in five days then? So we got Stroman, Walker tomorrow, and then we're going to have a lot of pitchers burning the rest of the week. I don't know how we're going to make the staff going. Who, who do we have going the rest of the week then? Yeah, we got Peterson yeah. on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Peterson's actually on Wednesday. He's throwing against Wheeler. That'll be Wednesday. And DeGrom throws Thursday against Eifert to close that series out against Philadelphia. That's and 12 then Lucchese, o'clock game? That's a 12 yeah. o'clock game on Thursday? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Lucchese throws uh, the first game Friday in Colorado. 
They haven't announced who's going to start Saturday. Um, maybe Yamamoto, we were talking about that. Maybe he gets a start. Maybe Yelsman opens. Um, that'll be interesting there. Like you guys said, six games, five days. So that's going to be taxing. I'd imagine they pull somebody up. Um, Almora, they also just uh, called up because they put JD on the IL. So maybe he gets option back down. I don't know how many moves he has left. But then uh, on Sunday, Walker closes out that series again, which is interesting because that means Stroman doesn't pitch until Tuesday. Uh, so that's interesting there just because uh, Stroman misses that the Colorado series. So originally he was supposed to throw on his regular rest fifth day, which would put him uh, in Colorado, but now he misses them both day, both times. So that's interesting there. Uh, probably didn't want to pitch in Colorado. I know Evan and uh, Corden Roberts were saying that before I listened to it. So that's a little interesting thing there. Maybe that had something to do with Jim. Uh, I, I'm okay with it. I'd rather than face the Phillies and the Rockies anyway. It's a more of a team I'm concerned about, division rival anyway. But we got a little bit of a road trip coming up right here. Going to Colorado, going to the Cubs. Like CJ said, they might have to call somebody up. I, I would like I would like to see Yamamoto get the call up from the alternate site, maybe catch a start uh, against Colorado, see what he's got. Just because there's no way with six, sorry, seven games in six days, we're going to be able to get that done with the staff. So we may need some arms. Yeah, and plus Lucchese hasn't even like started a game yet. I mean, I think the bullpen, you'll see guys maybe sent up and down just to balance oh, out the bullpen and keep them ready. I would love to, like, you never know. Well, we just got Hildenberger up, right? Didn't they just call him up? That's like my point. They got four four games in three days right here. They're going to use a lot of arms, starters, and relievers before they go out west to Colorado for three games, and then they go to Chicago for three games. They're going to probably drop some guys down, call some guys up, maybe get some fresh arms for those six games on the road, and then when they come back home the following week, they'll maybe get back to what they were week before. Who knows? But hopefully the depth is there. I want to see. Oh, yeah, they'll definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm ahead, sorry. Okay. I'm sorry, CJ. I just was going to say, I want to see, even though Stroman, that was an interesting take about him not wanting to pitch in Colorado. I could see that. That's definitely possible. But at least he's going up against uh, the division rival. I'd like to beat up on the Phillies a little bit. So hopefully he gives us a good start. I think uh, tomorrow is very important. I think tomorrow's a big game. I'm very excited for it. I would like to take two because then you could get hot, man. I mean, even though we have a lot of games in a couple of days, if they start playing some good baseball, they could get on a nice little hot streak right now. Absolutely. Definitely could rattle some off. And uh, it says 410 and 710 start. Is that correct? Do you guys that confirm? I feel like that's a little close. But, uh, yeah, that's the key. Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely, two big games tomorrow. Um, one thing, just looking at the schedule, um, I was looking at those probable starters. All the things I was pulling out was from the uh, ESPN.com, um, that account. So, And that has uh, DeGrom not pitching again on basically a week. So he has seven days between starts. So it'll be interesting to see um, if he does go and hop into that Tuesday start that they have against the Cubs, that first game of the series. That would be five days for him. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine them letting him go any further. So I, I wouldn't, I don't know if, uh, I, I think Stroman's definitely still in play for that uh, last Colorado game. Cause that means he doesn't pitch until Wednesday. Then so that message is up, is up as well. Um, if he pitches on Sunday, that will be five days regular rest for him. I feel like, um, I guess maybe if Walker pitches together better tomorrow, then I guess they'll go um, and see who does better to throw that Sunday game. But I would imagine Stroman um, gets that nod just because he is the number two um, right now. So, uh, but we'll see. Those are interesting things. But we'll definitely need some help from the 40-man roster. So well, it's interesting to see who gets called up. Maybe Sam McWilliams, Yamamoto, like you said. I think he's the most likely option there. So 
well, listen, this is going to be a good test for, uh, for Louis Rojas. See, see what he's got, managing the bullpen, managing the arms, see what he's got planned. This is this next week, two weeks, is going to be a real uh, test for him. This is almost like it hurts the pitching, but it's really good for our bats. I think um, playing all these games in a short period of time, this is what our bats have been missing with all these postponements. I think it's hard to get in a rhythm when you're only playing – on when you're playing on and off, basically they haven't played three games in a row. Like it's tough to get in a sh- like in a good stretch like that. Oh yeah, that's a great point, Connie. Especially you know, as a college hitter, just just trying to get into a rhythm there. They haven't really uh, got inside yet. It's another like weird COVID year, not as weird as last year, um, but still COVID still is in play there. So uh, hopefully the guys can start to get things rolling, get into a rhythm. And uh, just start to see some production out of the big bats in that lineup. Because there's a lot of talent there. We haven't really seen um, much yet. Like I mentioned it before, Nimmo's been hot. Greg's most hated, but he's been on fire. Nimmo, if this lineup didn't have Nimmo right now, God knows. It'd be bad. But uh, Pete's looked good. Dom, I like the way Dom's swinging the bat. He's coming around. Jeff's making hard contact almost every time up there. So uh, I have faith in those dudes. Lindor, he's gotten some tough luck, too. Um, and Conforto will come out of it. So this lineup will turn it around. We're going to score a lot of runs, and this pitching staff will be well-supported, in my opinion. All this talk about Nimmo, Reagan being elite. Oh, my God. Just come talk to me in June. He's, he's not even going to be in the top five conversation for one of the best hitters on the Mets. It's not even a, His name won't even be brought up. Everyone's going to forget about him. I'm so sick and tired of hearing Mets fans go crazy over five games. Just like all of our guys are struggling for five games. Yeah, they're having five games. Five game bad stretch. He's gonna have a five game good stretch. You're telling me the five game good stretch. P. Alonzo, Lindor, McNeil's gonna have. Is it gonna be better than what he's doing? Relax, guys. All right. He's, he's got, got that on base percentage. He's all this on base, and he's got two runs. What's that doing for us? But that's on the rest of the team. That's not on him. <laughs> yeah, his on base percentage is five sixty five. I mean, that's what you're asking out of him. He's getting the job done. Got to get the middle of the lineup going. Me. He's not the problem. <laughs> Yep, got to get the middle line going. They're not in the middle, you know. They're like he's out there, they're just leaving the ducks on the pond and things like that. So, um, those dudes will turn it around. There, there's too much talent there for them to do that over a long course of the season. We saw how good the offense was last year, but just one thing that I kind of said before: just the hitting with runners in scoring position. I feel like their approaches are kind of out of whack there. I don't know if that's a coaching thing, just a mentality thing, but. The runners in scoring position was a problem last year, and it's been a problem so far this year. So hopefully that can get fixed, too. That's so true. We're seeing so many, like, they'll get, like, one or two runs in the early four or five innings, and then their pitchers are throwing up zeros or ones for all those innings. But then it gets to that time at the sixth, seventh, eighth inning where they need that insurance run. They're getting guys on, and they can't tack on. And then it's immediately the next half inning, somebody's answering. Both the Phillies and the Marlins did it to us, and that's when it got dangerous, uh, dangerous or ugly both games. And that's a little bit on the pen, yeah, but like that's also on the offense because they have to provide that insurance, make it easier on them. It's going to make it easier on the starters, the relievers, and the coach. The hitters just answer in those moments. Rojas already switched up the uh, offense too, right? We saw that lineup, even though they didn't play yesterday. Conforto wasn't in the three hole. I mean, we got to see Dom Smith in the three hole. I think that's what we'll probably see tomorrow, game one. No, yeah, those are definitely. Uh... Good point. I think Conforto will definitely be uh, still moving down there. And um, one of the things uh, I think that kind of is uh, goes under the radar, nobody in the MLB really strings hit together anymore, though. Like, when you don't really see teams string four or five hits together anymore. There's usually that big bomb 
um, in there somewhere, that big home run. And that's something that we haven't had so far. We only have, I think, what, three home runs so far. We got McNeil, uh, Dom, and then um, uh, Pete has one too. So, yeah, yeah, we just have those three home runs. So I feel like that's kind of where a majority of our offense is going to come from, just like the rest of the MLB. That's just the way the game's played right now. It's strikeouts and home runs. So uh, I feel like when those power numbers start going up, the offense will start going up too. But those runners in the scoring position have to be better. There has to be a better approach there, um, in my opinion, at least. No, I agree. I mean, one positive while we're beating down on the negatives, one positive I think is I've seen better defense out of this team. You see McCann behind the dish. You see Pilar and opening dance in the field. That was a nice relay right there. But McCann picking that guy off at second base. What was it like the first time since 2013 or something? John Buck? Like, that's bad. I mean, Lindor looks good at shortstop. The defense looks improved, which I'm very happy to see. Lindor looks elite at shortstop. This man is getting everything out there. I mean, he fell asleep on that one that uh, he caught sleeping on JT Romuto, who beat it out. But he knows the speed of the catcher now after that one mess up. But he's been looking sharp on plays up the middle, saving runs. That's a difference maker that shortstops in recent years have not been able to get to. Oh, no, who we got to throw love to is Pete. How about uh, Pete's oh, defensive play in that game play. in Philly? That really yeah. changed that game there. I mean, what was it, a one-run game? And then the Mets took off, took like a five-run lead, I think. Pete's yeah, been flashing the weather. On. That was a runner's on. That would have been a two-RBI mm-hmm. double or something. No, yeah, the defense has definitely been improved. The moves that uh, they made over the offseason have definitely uh, improved that defense up the middle, like you said, with Lindor and McCann. Pilar's been uh, great with that relay. Um, one guy that I feel like has been lackluster there so far, which showed a lot of him so far in the spring, especially now with J.D. out, he's going to play a role, but Kiorme, man, he had that big error um, so that basically hurt us real big in that one game, and then uh, he did have another throwing error the other day. So his throws have been kind of off. He's always smooth with his glove. But that's someone that you expect to be uh, very sure-handed. He's been uh, anything but so far. So that's um, somewhat concerning. If that's if he's not going to be sure-handed in the field, then what's really his role? Like, he's a scrappy guy with the bat, but um, he doesn't really offer anything much outside of the scrappiness with the bat and a great glove. So hopefully he gets it together in the field because that hurts when he's playing like that at third base. That one error. Um, when that throw home to McCann, I mean, McCann could have came off, hit him in the glove, you should catch it, whatever. But still, I mean, that's a, that's a poor throw. You got to hit the guy in the chest there. You're you're a pro ball player, so. Yeah, it was just a clown show. Jeez. How long is uh, JD out for? Um, the latest report I said, uh, I saw they said it was a negative um, negative x-ray, so all is well for him in that, that end, and they're just going to give it a little bit. Uh, I saw they put the – it was retroactive to when he went out, so 10 days from then. Um, so hopefully he's back soon, just a bruised hand, uh, and we definitely need his right-handed bat in the lineup. And I just have to correct myself from before because I said that uh, we pulled up out more for uh, for J.D. without Jose Peraza, who was the one that we moved up uh, to take his spot. So he uh, hasn't seen any game time yet, right? Nobody's seen him in there. But uh, I'm sure he'll throw his head, uh, head in there soon, especially with QRMA playing uh, less than stellar so far. I guess we'll see him in there some. We might be seeing Jeff play a little more third, and then someone's going to and then VR. And yeah, we've been seeing a lot of VR. VR's been getting up a lot of burn. I think he's better at 2B, if anything. And with JD injury, I'd rather see McNeil go over and get half the games at third, and then when you want to get QRMA his games, you could put him in there. But second base could be where you mix in if you brought up Barraza, if they give him a start like on a doubleheader day tomorrow, maybe McNeil catches him a third. 
Yeah, it's true. We'll definitely probably see Nito tomorrow as well. I know he's scheduled for that uh, start, so we'll see him again. Um, so, yeah, just it will be interesting to see how he shakes out that lineup for that uh, doubleheader. You know, he's going to have to give some guys some rest. Um, it'll be interesting to see who he runs back out there back-to-back. Um, hopefully a bunch of those big backs. I mean, you know, you know, it's not must-win games when you're still in April. But, you know, games you just want to win, especially against division opponents, guys that you're looking up on the standings already. Uh, you don't want to create a bigger gap. So hopefully they go out there with uh, their A lineups and uh, don't hold anything back there. That's what I look for from Luis. Yeah, I agree. So that was a good point. It is early April. I feel like a lot of the Mets fan base right now is almost in panic mode. I think we got to sit back and watch this team play. I think we got a really good team. I think they're going to turn around soon. These bats are too good to stay quiet for much longer. Uh, absolutely. I think those are all good points. I think we had a, a good preview um, for the up, upcoming series, and I think that we did a good recap for uh, the series that happened so far, a couple of tough losses. I think that we uh, did a good dive into that. So I'm just handing it back over to Connie. We're going to do a, a new addition Connie. to the podcast. Connie, you got, a little trivia? you got a little trivia here, Connie? Oh, yeah. Let's see if you guys get this one. You guys are 0 for 1 so far. 0 for 1. I'm back coming in hot this week. We're going to do this one. Uh, This one's going out to Twitter. We're broadcasting this one to the Twitter folks. Are me and Greg doing this? What are we doing here? Come and give us a scope. All right. You guys ready? Let's see. So who was the last player ever to hit a home run at Shea Stadium? I'm going to be picking a bat. So we're taking this one to Twitter, you said, though, right? Yeah, so you guys could share your answers, but I'm not going to give away the correct answer. All right, so to clarify, we're not going the last Mets, last ever player. Last ever home run at Shea Stadium. Who hit it? Who they who they play that day? The Marlins. Marlins. They played the Marlins. I thought it was the Marlins. The Marlins. 2008. Was Hanley on that team back then? Was that like oh, that? Was that that era of the Marlins, right? Yeah, he was on the 07, I think, or something. Well, if we're going Mets, I'm going to go a Mets. I can't go a Marlin. I can't even think of anyone else on that squad. I feel like if it was D. Wright, I would definitely know it, though. I got to go with my man, the Mets. I shouldn't say the man, the Mets legend, but the uh, the man that potentially should be on this team right now. Uh, The reason that I used to wear the Mets team, uh, Carlos Beltran. Had a great year in 2006. Um, I'll give him a shout out for 2008. He's one of my all-time favorite Mets. Um, he goes into Hall of Fame. I think that's shot now because of his uh, Astro uh, shenanigans. But uh, he'd be wearing a Mets cap, in my opinion. So uh, I'm going to go with Beltran. So the best uh, free agent signing we might have had. That's definitely the best free agent bat signing we've ever had. So I'm going to go with Beltran. That is a fact. I'm going to go with the other Carlos back then. I'm going to go with Delgado then. That's going to be my guess. Delgado was another home run slugger for that for that squad in that time. So we'll see. Take Twitter. Honey will post that, and we'll see what's good. Yeah, let us know. We'll post it on Twitter. Let us know what everyone thinks. See who could get it right. Absolutely. And definitely uh, thank you all for checking in episode three of the Mets Mafia. We're going to post that question on Twitter, so be sure to uh, give it a shout. First right answer. Um, I think we're going to let you pick the, the trivia question for next week. So if you get that, the first person to respond with that right answer to Connie's trivia question. We got to pick the trivia question for next week. As long as you give something good, all right? You got to provide some content. We're, uh, we're looking for some good questions, some stumpers, not uh, not something your third grader can answer. So, um, like I said, thank you all for jo- joining in. Uh, we'll post it on uh, all our 
social media. I'll like Cunny and Greg give a shout before we find out. And uh, thank you all for listening again. Take two tomorrow, boys. Big series. Let's go. LFDM. Yeah, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, let's get on a little hot streak here, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, PM, baby.